So, this week, I'm joined by award-winning medical journalist and co-author of The Hybrid Diet, and we are going to talk about kind of where we got to at the end of The Hybrid Diet. We're going to talk about autophagy, or as the Americans call it, autophagy, and exactly what that is, um, fasting, intermittent fasting, and how to rejuvenate your cells, which is the subject of my new book, The Five-Day Diet. Uh, welcome, Jerome. Hi. Here we are sitting in Hyde Park. It's delightful. Under a giant tree. Sunlight, trees, marvellous. And at a socially acceptable <laughs> distance. And uh, I remember when you really got me interested in this process of autophagy, uh, which seems to be a repair process that the body can go into, and it's very much connected with fasting, or at least switching off carbs, Tell me a little bit more about autophagy. Well, what I discovered when we were doing the hybrid diet was that there were all these internal processes which contributed to health, to maintaining you in a, in a state of arriving at an elder stage, being much more healthy. And one of the key things was this autophagy, which is really a kind of internal cleanup squad. And um, it was something, was, I find it very exciting. I didn't know that there was this thing going on. It makes perfect sense when you know about it because in your cells, which have a lot of protein activity going on that makes proteins, it um, turns proteins into other things. Um, it's a, uh, and a lot of them, as in any factory or any power station, there's a lot of waste and the power stations, the mitochondria, burn out because producing energy is a, a, a dirty business. And making of the proteins is also things that don't work or get damaged in some way. So you need something which is going around hoovering up these proteins and they then get dumped into a, a, a pit of enzymes which tear apart the, the actual proteins into its um, building blocks, which are amino acids, which it then spits out and are available to be used either to make more energy or to make more protein. So it's a, a brilliant recycling process, uh, which is vital if we're not going to get clogged up with waste products. And the whole uh, process of the hybrid diet really was that if you, if you never... Um, fast or you never go into a state of famine which of course would have been extremely common in our evolution and you're permanently supplied with lots of carbs uh, you don't go into this repair process it's just growth 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 all the way which of course uh, means more cancer more weight gain more diabetes and so on so the idea that you can switch on uh, this cleanup squad uh, is really the critical point that got me very excited about this five-day diet. Well, the, the key turn on, the way to turn it on uh, in terms of our evolution is by fasting because it's not actually designed specifically as a mechanism. It's something that the body put in place in order to handle a lack of carbohydrates. I mean, we now are never short of carbohydrates. There's one round every corner. There's shops selling buns and cakes and so on. Um, but even as long as 50, 80 years ago, in, in even in rich countries, a lot of people didn't get uh, that much in the way of food at, at various times. 
And if you're not getting carbohydrates, then you're not making glucose. And of course, not having enough glucose in the system is a problem because your brain um, is, it's the first thing that it goes to to run on. And if you're in a kind of environment that we're in, it runs on glucose all the time. And dietitians think that anything other than, if you don't have enough glucose, you're in, in trouble which indeed you are, but what they haven't been aware of until quite recently is that there's this backup system which is called um, ketosis. And what ketosis is the body's response to what it interprets as starvation. It says, help, there's not enough fuel coming in, we've got to do something. And what they do is what everybody, well, large numbers of people want to do, which is to release fat, get fat out of the fat cells. So that's a win to start off with. And then that fat goes to the liver where it's turned into ketones, which can run brain cells. Um, and uh, because the brain can't use fat directly, and so these ketones are a sort of bridging thing, they go into the brain, and there's a debate around whether people, whether they're a better brain food in fact than glucose or not. But, and certainly it may well be that in some conditions, such as Alzheimer's or other neurodegenerative disorders, um, if the process has started um, and the glucose isn't getting into the cells in the right way for various reasons, there are various mechanisms that might cause it, um, putting them on a diet with ketones can brighten things up and make a lot of difference. It's early days and it needs to be proved, but it's certainly a strong possibility. So there's this uh, system whereby ketones look as if they may play a role in defending the body against cancer um, because they can be used in cells instead of glucose. Uh, which is what cancer depends on. So healthy cells can be running on ketones. Cancer cells are running on the uh, glucose. So if you bring down the glucose, that makes life a bit tougher for the cancer. It's more complicated than that, and there's lots of caveats and so on, but that's the basic idea. And uh, ketosis, switching your body to running uh, on ketones as opposed to glucose, doesn't always mean uh, that you switch on the uh, autophagy, uh, the repair process. So it's been learned that if, for example, you have a lot of dairy products which uh, promote uh, a growth hormone, insulin growth factor, possibly a lot of meat, uh, and also possibly if you're doing a lot of bodybuilding activity, uh, all of these can say, go back into growth. So there's this natural cycle between repair and growth, repair and growth. We've been too much on the growth side. So uh, Walter Longo was the guy that got me excited because, in fact, he was really the man behind the 5-2 diet of Michael Mosley as well. And where's he, where he's got to with his research is to have five concentrated days where you focus on switching on autophagy, switching on the repair process, um, could have some remarkable effects. Now, I know you've read the book. <laughs> you know, uh, what do you think? I mean, not out of five, but what, what thinking processes has it? Well, I think um, a couple of things. The first sort of overview of it was I thought it was a completely brilliant upgrade of the ketogenic diet. I came across that about five years ago 
And it was pretty crude. There was the idea that you drop your carbohydrates right down. But then for various reasons, it was quite difficult to move from the low carbs into getting your ketosis working properly. And a lot of people got kind of stuck there. Um, and then there were big debates about whether you should um, have lots of fat in it and wh what that would do to you. It's quite a shock for a lot of um, standard dietitians because they'd been taught and taught their patients or clients for years that this was a bad idea to have too much fat. And suddenly people were saying, yeah, it's the, the way to go. And in fact, um, that one of the advantages of going into the ketogenic diet was that unlike the low-calorie diet, um, you didn't get all that hunger because you had it replaced your carbs with quite a lot of fat, which then would stop you getting hungry. So a lot of people found that a big benefit. But what I thought was striking about the five-day diet is that you've taken that basic structure and really, I think, because you've got such a good uh, grip on nutrition and the various elements of it, you were able to bring a lot of stuff about supplements and minerals and vitamins and other pathways to bear on it in a way that a lot of the other experts who often were people who were into bodybuilding or endurance sports or um, that kind of territory or some doctors who got caught up in it, all the doctors were not as a as a breed are not really very interested in vitamins they think they're a bit of a nonsense job um, and the other people although they do do vitamins they very often don't have quite the sophistication of it and so you've put together this sort of mark two you've kind of gone from a, a ford van up to uh, something that can probably do brands hatch for a while much more sophisticated and speedy version um, so if you could then tell me a bit about what you did on your retreat and how your souped-up version worked with a group of patients. Well, yeah, I mean, I was uh, fascinated by Walter Longo's work, particularly on autoimmune disease, uh, just to sort of give the scale of this. We know that when you go into an autophagy process, it not only repairs mitochondria, but it also gobbles up viruses, very relevant right now, and bacteria and um, highlights cancer cells. But what he showed was in, in animals who had an autoimmune disease, in this case type 1 diabetes, irreversible disease in which they've lost the cells that can make insulin in the pancreas, the beta cells. If he put them on this five-day autophagy process uh, four times, five days on, nine days off, five days on and so on, had actually reversed the process. They started making these um, lovely, if you like, sort of baby cells. They're what you get in the bone marrow, the stem cells. And there's a whole ton of science going on about stem cell therapy. Uh, they remade uh, stem cells, remade beta cells, remade insulin. So it's a sort of rejuvenation process. So what happened for me was I looked at everything. I'd noticed when you're researching cancer you see autophagy again and again and again and again. And I noticed that a lot of my um, favorite nutrients like uh, vitamin C, niacin, B3, magnesium, zinc, uh, they also seemed to be triggering um, autophagy, plus a few extras like HCA, which is a, um, a component found in Garcinia cambogia, 
And I'd noticed that some of the experts in um, cancer research, such as uh, Thomas Seafried at Harvard, had been using both HCA and vitamin C and a ketogenic diet. So the question then became, how can you design the perfect diet um, that would absolutely maximize switching on this sudden, uh, you know, massive anti-aging cellular renewal repair process? And for me, it was a bit like a sort of nutritional Rubik's Cube uh, in the sense that and we don't know if all of these things are true yet, but uh, Volta Longo maintains you've got to get down to 800 calories. A lot of people say you need to be not more than 25 grams of protein, 20, 25 grams. And by the way, one of the big problems if you eat nothing, which is another clear way of going into autophagy, is you, uh, you lose muscle mass. So having a, a little bit of protein protects the muscle mass. Yes, we like fats, but fats are incredibly calorific. So I started to focus in on um, the specific fat, which is a sub-fraction of coconut oil called C8. So it's an eight-carbon chain sub-fraction of coconut oil. So we've been refining that out. Uh, so in other words, the intention here was we've heard of the concept of empty calories, where you eat some calories, but they give you no nutrients, like sugar. And I was looking at absolutely cram-packed full uh, calories, including all the factors that I could find, including um, foods. Uh, we call them sirtuin activator foods like olives and uh, broccoli and kale. Seaweed is also very good. And in essence, what happens on the diet, uh, if you start with the first dinner on sort of day minus one, is you then do effectively an 18-hour fast. So you're not going to have a, a what you'd call a meal until the following you know, midday or one o'clock if you had dinner at six or seven. Now, you're going to wake up hungry, uh, but in the morning you have a version of my hybrid latte. Now, generally, I think you know, coffee gives you energy like a, a bank loan gives you wealth. Uh, however, we do know that uh, caffeine, coffee, does actually help to trigger this switch going from glucose metabolism into ketosis. So you have a coffee in the morning with some C8 oil and some carb-free almond milk and some nut butter like almond butter. Whiz it all up so it's very much like a latte. Makes you feel full. Mid-morning you have a snack. It's either a kale crispies, which we show you how to make if you come to my retreat in Wales, but it's of course in the book. Uh, or some seaweed crispies, which you can buy, which are basically sheets of dried nori. You'll then come to a smallish lunch, and then a very specific mid-afternoon snack, and then a dinner, which is basically a soup, and they're all delicious, and they're quite clever in the way they are weaving in all these different nutrients. And a tiny little um, uh, dessert. Uh, we found some very neat things that have a very low you know, glycemic load. And, and then there's a drink that you have throughout the day, which is made from vitamin C together with a supersonic slow um, uh, uh, fiber, a, a soluble fiber called glucomannan. And part of the reason for that is if you do go on to low calories, it's terribly easy, especially if you have you know, no carbs um, and high fat to end up constipated. And this diet is sort of both detox and switching on this cellular renewal. And that was the experiment that we ran 
about a year ago down in Wales with a group of 14 volunteers. We now have results on 30 people. Uh, and that, in essence, is the five-day diet. It's not a diet for life, absolutely not. It is a very specific sort of reboot, reset. Uh, and, of course, you know, you will lose weight. And a lot of people rep- report can, a lot of benefits. Can I just ask you one thing on that, which sure. is that um, the model for it was Walter Longo's work. Yes. Which he did with, um, firstly with animals and then with humans. Yeah. But his was very definitely vegan, and you've changed that. Why? Well, I, I haven't changed it that much. It is still largely vegan. Uh, there is a little bit of egg in it, and there's a little bit of fish in it. Uh, and I think that his uh, understanding there was certainly meat protein and milk protein uh, tells the body to grow. Because, I mean, that is what milk is. Milk is designed to make a baby infant grow very, very fast. So particularly meat and milk, a bit more than, than fish uh, and egg, does stimulate that process. So it's sort of, mine is probably similar. It's close to 90% vegan, but not specifically because, you know, I want it to be vegan. Uh, more specifically because I want to maximize all the nutrients, but... Uh, uh, the trigger autophagy, and um, you know it's a it's a kind of a quite a hard juggling act. I mean, even when you have something like a salmon steak in there, it's got to be a small salmon steak. It's very easy to it's as easy to switch off uh, autophagy as it is you know to switch it on. Uh, so, um, one of the things that I thought was interesting in what you were doing in your retreat was getting people to become aware of what they would, what was happening in their bodies um, because that seems to me something that is really useful if you're going to be interested in getting healthy. You need to be aware of what's happening because that kind of feedback is valuable. Well, yes, and we were measuring everybody's uh, ketone levels and glucose levels. And ketones, by the way, can be measured in the blood, but they can also be measured in the breath. And that breath testing, there's a very nice device called the... Uh, uh, Keto Scan Mini, which is actually seems to be working very well in relation to the blood tests we're, me- we're measuring as well. And one of my greatest, well, I had two fears really about this process, or possibly three. Uh, the first was that if you read ketogenic diets, they often say it's going to take you two or three or four or five days, and even possibly if you have a metabolic syndrome problem like diabetes, a week or more to get into ketosis. And my goal was to get everyone uh, into ketosis, uh, and that is with measured levels of ketones in the blood uh, within 24 hours, and we did achieve that. So that was kind of issue number one. Issue number two is that, in a sense, you're fasting. Not totally, it's 800 calories. And uh, uh, we know that if someone fasts and their blood sugar dips, especially if they're coming off, you know, six cups of coffee and alcohol and everything else. Uh, They say in fasting you have a healing crisis. Uh, And that is after two or three days, people on total fast often feel really pretty rubbish. And I've long thought that this wasn't um, a healing crisis, it was just a crisis. Because a bit like uh, autophagy is there to clean up all the mess in your cells, the minute your body is not having to detoxify, which is what it's spending a lot of its energy on, it does start to release toxins. And the release of those toxins can make you feel bad. But actually, the processing of those toxins requires 
nutrients, antioxidants, vitamin C and so on. So if you just go on a water fast, suddenly you've got the release of all these toxins, but you haven't got the wherewithal to eliminate them. So that was my second concern, and that is that people would get to feel worse. But they didn't. Uh, in fact, they very quickly started to feel better. We had one lady who had a headache for a couple of hours, but uh, generally, over those five days, already people's energy was improving, their sleep was improving, their uh, mental clarity, their stress, anxiety levels were improving, apart from other effects. I mean, the two diabetics we had in our first 14-day trial were posting blood sugar levels that they had never seen. You know, they were really, perhaps for the first time, feeling that they were very much in control of their blood sugar. We had other people who had, you know, physical aches, inflammatory disorders, who were noticing a big difference. One lady had asthma. It went. I mean, it literally went during that five-day process. But you also described this as a sort of, you know, a two-step dance that were designed to go into repair and then growth and then repair and then growth. And uh, one would naturally think that autophagy is repairing things, uh, but then afterwards, after the five days, you'll go into a sort of, you'll start to make use of all that recycled material. And what I found personally, but a lot of people did report this in the week after, is this tremendous increase in energy. So uh, people found that they not only lost weight and gained health, uh, not only restabilized their blood sugar, lost their craving for sugar, alcohol, and so on, but in the following week, when they could go back to eating some carbs or you know, a sort of more normal diet for them, uh, they felt absolutely fantastic and didn't get this big sort of you know, reversal weight gain. In fact, most people after a month had, who wanted to had lost about a stone. Um, one of the things that I read about that you described was the importance of some genes called sirtuins mm -hmm. and how they were part of the, um, the, the menu that you sorted out or things that were going to target the sirtuin genes. My understanding is that they're genes which are to do with, they play a role in autophagy um, or autophagy. Um, and that they are triggered by a number of quite interesting lifestyle things. I mean, the, the ones that you were talking about was to do with uh, polyphenols, which are these chemicals which all sorts of plants make, and there are some of the ones which are well-known, like green tea and um, resveratrol. But there are other things as well, like exercise, for example, mm -hmm. that triggers off your sirtuin genes. And so, again, it's this... Um, multiple uh, approach. Um, is there anything else going on with sirtuins and polyphenols that, that I've missed out? Well, I think you're right to sort of to, to say <clears throat> that. I mean, they are they kind of switch on an antioxidant type programming. So generally, they're also anti-aging and also cancer, anti-cancer. But I remember you writing a very good article about uh, Professor Tim Spector's work, looking at how identical twins uh, reacted to foods. And he found that even identical twins had sort of completely different reactions to foods. So I think what's actually happening is that as we, uh, as we eat the wrong foods and have a lifestyle that's not necessarily supporting us and perhaps exposed to toxins and so on, 
there is, it's not just the genes we're born with, but the expression of those genes, whether they're switched on or off or up or down, that starts to change. And just like Professor Gerald Raven, who back in the 90s noticed that there was a pattern of, of tests like cholesterol and blood fat, and insulin and sugar and so on, that lay behind so many of today's diseases from diabetes to heart disease, which he called metabolic syndrome, that if you've got this pattern of biochemistry, your metabolism has switched to a different state. I think that what we're going to see in this, in this vast map of genes is not just what genes you've got that might predispose you to a, a particular disease, but how those genes are switched up or switched down, which creates a pattern that, for example, pushes you in the direction of cancer. And those sirtuin-activating foods, which are all in the five-day diet, I mean, there isn't a single mouthful that you can take in this diet that hasn't got a, a clever bit of biochemistry behind it that's doing something. Um, this is starting to change the gene switching. And where I'm really interested in is, could you, in a five-day process, actually reset, reboot, uh, you know, reload uh, with a better operating system? And that's where, you know, Volta Longo's um, focus is. I think the one uh, uh, problem uh, with what he's doing is purely a practical one which he, he uh, devised a specific diet. And then for logical reasons, he's got to test you know, that process and not change it. Because if you change it every time, you, you can't really pull the results together. But actually, we are learning almost, uh, you know, certainly monthly, if not weekly, about a new food or a new nutrient you know, that switches this on. Like we now know that vitamin C is a profound switcher honor of um, of autophagy. So, for example, two weeks ago, uh, uh, Longo published a very interesting trial, effectively relevant for colorectal cancer, which after breast and prostate cancer is the fastest growing cancer. And while we know that there are growth hormones that are switched on in breast cancer, like the estrogen receptors, which encourage growth, uh, there's a very uh, malevolent little protein called a CRAS protein, K-R-A-S, that's switched on in a lot of people with colorectal cancer, and it's considered undruggable. No one has found a way to switch it off. However, the combination of an autophagic diet, like the five-day diet, together with vitamin C, he has now shown actually switch off that. So I think it's like changing the whole pattern of the switch. It's almost like a light show, <laughs> you know, that you, yeah. you know, you change the whole pattern of that gene expression. And uh, suddenly you're, you know, you're back on a health track. I think track. It, it's um, so fantastically optimistic, really, because what we've been told for quite a long time is that there's kind of these genes for cancer and genes for diabetes and schizophrenia, and they're all, they tend to be presented to us as if they're fixed. You know, you've got the gene, you've got the disease, you know, end of the story. But what this says is that actually... Genes are there, which then many of them, I'm sure there's some which aren't, but an awful lot are susceptible to being changed. I mean, ketones themselves have the ability to turn on and off genes, which um, certainly relate to cancer. There's been work around that. Um, and 
So you, you've got this, these sort of tools. Suddenly there's this massive tool bags seems to be there, which can be coming. And vitamin C looks as if it's sort of at the heart of it. Um, you know, it, it's um, t- switching on autophagy. Um, it's also absolutely central to the immune system, which is, of course, why we're so keen um, on, well, some of us, <laughs> the medical profession are not, but if uh, some of us think this would be a very good idea to fight off viral infections with something that is at the heart of the immune response. And there's another link which I found intriguing when I heard about it, which was that um, people, among the people who are very vulnerable to this viral infection are diabetics. And diabetics have a problem with glucose and glucose and vitamin C are kind of kissing cousins. They're quite similar uh, chemically. And, um, and in fact, vitamin C is made from glucose. And so they share the same transport system around the body. And if you've got diabetes, and so you've got excessively high levels of glucose for quite a lot of the time, um, vitamin C can't get a ride into the cells. Uh, which then means that, well, it would might well have an impact on autophagy and so on. So um, the, the idea of, of keeping uh, carbohydrates down makes an awful lot of sense if you're dealing with infections as well as, as other conditions. Yes, and, the, and because the vitamin C is a sort of, as you say, is the kissing cousin of glucose, a lot of people actually find that when they take a large amount of vitamin C, their craving for sugar becomes less. Um, and the energy goes up. Now, I had sort of two other concerns in this five-day process. I, I did worry uh, about people who suddenly are reducing their caffeine intake. There's a little bit of caffeine in the hybrid latte. You can do it without if you prefer. And of course, there's no alcohol. Um, that's that's out. And uh, if you're a sugar addict, you know that's going to come right down. And I know one lady, uh, we have another group of 21 who've just completed it, but they did it individually. And uh, she presented this diet to her, her family and they said, oh my God, you're going to be this grumpy witch, you know, for five days. Please don't do it. Uh, but actually, she didn't find that at all. So again, there's something about suddenly supplying your body and your biochemistry with everything it needs uh, that that actually gives you a rather, you know, euphoric type feeling. So I'm pleased to say that those dramatic uh, sort of detox withdrawal type things don't seem to have occurred. And then my other concern, uh, which is a very real one, was uh, constipation. Because in our surveys, and we've now done over 100,000 people through the 100% Health Check on the website, I mean, only one in 10 people go to the loo every day. And you're meant to go twice, not just once. Uh, so that exists. And we do know that when people go on to a high-fat ketogenic diet, uh, even if you're a real guzzler of spinach and vegetables and so on, it's terribly hard to get enough fiber. Now, if you then have a limited amount of calories, 800 calories, it's very tricky. So one thing I've, I've made or recommend in the book uh, is a drink that you have every day that contains both powdered vitamin C so actually, you're going to get about um, at least five grams throughout the day. And one of the terrible adverse effects of vitamin C that you read on the pills is it may give you, you know, loose bowels, which, of course, for many people 
is a clue and a benefit, um, plus glucomannan, which is a super-soluble fiber. And by putting those two together, uh, I think we've helped to you know, dramatically reduce that constipation. And what that means is that the body is not only doing this self-repair cleanup inside cells, but it's also able to eliminate toxins uh, you know, through every channel available. Um, so you've just touched on the idea of the guts. Clearly the guts mm-hmm. are part of everything. Yes. And you were looking at the um, soluble fiber for the guts. Yeah. One of the critiques that people have had of the ketogenic diet is that it doesn't do enough to feed the gut bacteria who yes. uh, we need to nourish and, and uh, grow like a, a garden. Um, is, is that something that you've looked at or you've been working on in I other ways? I haven't specifically measured it, uh, but even in the sort of first-generation Volta Longo fasting-mimicking diet, that's what this area is called, by the way, FMD, or fasting-mimicking diet, uh, he was able to show that this way of eating actually promotes a healthy microbiome. So it's very much in the right direction. And I'm sure through the inclusion of all these polyphenol-rich foods, you know, all the foods, every single, you know, there isn't a morsel that you're going to eat in this five-day process that hasn't got a complex and beneficial, uh, you know, biochemical action. So I would have no doubt in uh, putting my money on on, uh, the idea that your microbiome is going to come out a lot healthier at the end of this five-day process. Now, um, we are sort of running out of time on this, and uh, it's important for people to know that it is a five-day process. This is not something that you do forever. Uh, We don't yet know the perfect number of repetitions. Uh, We know, for example, in the animals whose autoimmune diseases have been reversed, uh, they did it four times. I think in the hybrid diet, we we made an educated guess uh, that to switch, you know, If you're healthy, I would say do the five-day diet four times a year. If you're unhealthy, you might want to do it once a month. Uh, But in truth, as this unfolds, we're going to learn about it. And uh, in the next uh, week or so, I'm going to be starting a process through June where a number of people can join in and do this. So we all do it together and you can ask your questions. And it's, you know, we're gonna learn from each other about what works and what doesn't work and how to make it better and so on. Did you have any other final points you wanted to make? Uh, I don't know whether it's going a bit too long, but there's um, the business of fats. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you, the classic ketogenic diet was very keen on packing in the fats and we were all um, delighted that we could have cream and we could have more of this and animal fat and it was all going to be great. That seems to be people are rowing back from that a bit now. Um, you seem to have dealt with the um, issue of hunger because the fats were, were solved the issue of hunger that came with fasting. You seem to have done that with the fiber. Um, do, do fats play a part in, in reducing hunger? Well, I think definitely one has to get into a state of ketosis um, for this autophagy to occur. But uh, the sort of conventional, you know, at least the, you know, the very original Atkins type diets would certainly have you not be hungry because you could eat as, you know, as much fat as you require to not be hungry. 
But the problem is that those creams and meats, etc., will switch off uh, autophagy. So right. there lies an issue. So um, what I've tried, you know, this this is a, I mean, because it's low calories overall, it will be quite a low fat diet. But in terms of the percentage of the calories, it's right. actually a, a high fat diet. And what I've had to do here very carefully is to focus in on those fats that do actually make ketones. So fats are chains of carbon, and they go from C3, three carbons, four, five, six, seven. You know, so fats in meats might be up at 14 carbons long. Something like butyric acid, which is actually in goat's cheese, is four carbons long. And uh, coconut oil has uh, C6, C7, C8, C9, um, C10. And the, the one kind of carbon that most directly makes ketones, so we could say it's, it's the most beneficial, is called C8. So we've been taking coconut oil and taking out only the C8 portion, which tastes very delicious, sort of relatively neutral with the tiniest hint perhaps of, of coconut, because coconut oil itself is only 7% C8. So if I want to get enough C8 to make ketones, I, I'm gonna to have to have a lot of coconut oil. That's a lot of calories. And uh, as I worked out this diet, every single calorie counts. So I wanna pack in as many nutrients as possible. So yes, uh, it, it would be terribly easy to sort of cheat on this diet and go off piste. And before you know it, you've actually switched off that uh, autophagy process. So yes, you've gotta pick your fats Carefully. And if I can have one more question, um, can you, um, presumably there's an opportunity to monitor what's happening in your body, um, both with uh, glucose and whether you're, you've got it down low enough, and also with ketones, which is presumably a, a guide to your problem, if you have pretty low, uh, pretty high ketones, I think they go from what, 0.5 to about 3 or 4, something like or that. Or higher. Yeah, five um, or six. You, yeah. It's pretty good bet that you're in autophagy. So um, you don't have to do sort of guessing all the time. And there's opportunity for people who like that kind of thing to do biohacking. Well, yes. we On our retreat in, in Wales at Forest Barn Mountain Retreat, we're doing another one in September. That's exactly what we did. We were measuring uh, both blood and uh, blood glucose and ketones and breath ketones. And now we found a very good device called a KetoScan Mini, uh, which is not that expensive. And once you've got it, you've got it for life and anyone can use it. So if you've got a group of you, for example, who'd like to do this diet, you know, buy one and, and share it. And it seems to correlate very well with the blood test. So you literally blow into it and you can see your ketone level. And what we found on our retreat is this was incredibly fascinating and motivating for people. Uh, because every day they could see their ketone level and sure enough, it went up and up and up and up. And what was interesting was some people, it went up very quickly, uh, other people, you know, less quickly, but it always went up in those five days. Uh, and then on the sixth day, when we started to reintroduce back in carbs, slow carbs, but still carbs, you could see the ketone level coming down and therefore their metabolism was switching into glucose. And by the way, both in the group, 
we had an average weight loss of 2.5 kg, which is about five and a half pounds. But also in the 21 people who've done it on their own, so not in a group, exactly the same average weight loss, which is going from about four and a half kgs max. You know, there's always a variation. And um, uh, so, but we didn't make that measurement on day five because that can be a bit of a cheat. You've probably heard of the Atkins effect. If you completely run out of carbs, you burn off your body's glycogen store, which contains a lot of water. So you get a big initial weight loss, some of, you know, a lot of which is water. So what we did is we didn't do any of the weight measurements until we'd had that extra one day on carbs to get the glycogen back up. But even so, what was interesting is if you added up all the calories of the diet, which are very precise, and the calories of the exercises that are recommended, which are less, we don't want you exercising a lot in the five-day diet, uh, still people seem to be burning off about three times more than would be expected from the calorie equation. Magic. The magic diet. <laughs> a magic diet. Yes, uh, a, a ketone, a K2 magic diet. <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much for your insights Great. and getting me excited on this whole subject. <laughs> and if you have the five-day diet, or you're going to get the five-day diet. At some point, it would be also very good to have the hybrid diet because it really shows this whole evolution of how we have two systems that we can run on. And I'm not at this point saying, you know, one is better than the other. Some people like to run on a ketogenic diet, works well for them. Others like the low-GL diet. But I think this is like the third piece, the five-day diet. You can really uh, give yourself a reboost, reset, recharge in a very short period of time. Thank you, Jerome. Thanks. It's been fun. 